Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. This is episode 103. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Otterites. Yes. I love it. Oh, Faithful wow. Otterites. Yes, yes. That's our, our new term. But hopefully we have fans. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. But we get positive comments on the YouTube. and We so, do. We uh, do, but I love that. It's so, as Francis said, simplistic, and how did it take us so long to come up with it? That's exactly right. Yes. yes. So, yes, if you're within the sound of my voice, consider yourself a faithful otterite. Yes, and let's give credit. Martin came up with this one completely on his own. Absolutely. We, we just uh, bow to him and his wisdom. Uh, yes. And we wonder, why did it take us so long? But yeah. here we are. All right. So, this is a Code of Honor. Code of Honor. Yes. Well, yeah, of course we're talking about great language and things yes. that are cool. May uh, 2021. So, uh, fellas, uh, do you want to start, Francis, or you want to let me take uh, and run with oh, this? You seem pregnant in your desire to move, sir. Not in a bowel way. So let's let's I'm move. Kind of, yeah, I'm kind of bounding with a little energy. Yeah, I'm noticing that. I, I don't yeah. want to, you know, I don't want to mess with that. So, by all means, Martinius. I'm kind of like a, a two-year-old with uh, Coca-Cola in his uh, bottle. Okay, living living in a trailer park, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. All right, so uh, Otterites, you know my fondness for Nietzsche, so I've decided to go to a a Nietzsche quote that I really like. That I keep of all the people that we go back to, it seems Nietzsche is the one that we go back to the most. Yeah, yeah, and I was saying during show prep, I have been, you know. When we did our Nietzsche episodes, I denigrated the hell out of it. Yes, you were a, a and Nietzsche non-fan. And I still think, at least the way he's presented, because I understand his sister had a lot to do with somewhat changing the, the presentation. Yeah. But I still think a lot of what he had to say is, is, ends up being crap. But I have begun to reconsider because of some of the podcasts I've been listening to. Yeah. So I am perfectly willing to entertain individual yeah. quotes yeah. And, and discuss them on their merits. Because... Yeah. You know, as I said in the last episode, you know, Marx was right about a lot of stuff, but he was wrong about the solutions. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it, yeah, there is an incompleteness. Um, he was struggling, and, but there are a ton of great aphorisms, and he is one of those people who thought differently than those of his time. Well, we as Snakes and Otters are never afraid of ideas of any type. Right. And, well, I think that's. That's our that's our wheelhouse. That's our, it's our is discussing ideas. That's right. Which is not enough of that goes on Absolutely. anymore. No, you pass on the ideas and you attack the, those who hold the ideas. Right. We need we need more discussing ideas on their own merits. That's right. While still giving ourselves room to attack baby boomers. Well, absolutely. That goes without <laughs> saying. That was last episode, though. We've moved beyond that, haven't we? That goes without saying. It's like the roads. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, right. The roads. Uh, oh, well, yes. But apart from sanitation, the roads, and clean water, what have the baby boomers ever done for, for us? Brought peace? <laughs> oh, peace! <laughs> there we go. All right, let's go. We on. did it in the right accent, all three of us. <laughs> that was great. That's right. With all due respect to Monty Python and the guys, you know, we, we can only aspire to be as wise. So, uh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah, back, yeah, back to Nietzsche. Uh, but if you, if you can't. Send the episode off the rails laughing. I mean, then this isn't any fun. Well, so exactly. we're not doing our job. We get we get to do that. So, otterites, we hope you are laughing with us. But this is my Nietzsche for for uh, this month. And again, this is one that I kind of kept in my back pocket, and it, it 
it pops into my head every so often, especially with these guys when they when they're they're really on it. But it's and I don't we'd have to look up which of his books this aphorism is from, but it's philosophers have never hesitated to affirm a fanciful world, provided it contradicted this world and furnished them with a weapon wherewith they could calumniate this world. And yes, we had to look up how to pronounce calumniate. Yes, as in calumny. That's the word it is. It's and the- I gotta say, I love we're starting off with a, a nice, you know, $10 word like calumniate. That's right. <laughs> calumniate, calumniate. But we went round and round until we looked it up yeah. to find out exactly what it was. But that's a great, great word, though, because it really is... I think it, I think it captures the essence of what he's talking ah, yes, about. It's so brilliant. Yes. I mean, a, a well phrased uh, word. Oh, man, it just doesn't get any better than that, guys. And that's what Code of Honor is all about. You know, just the is that well phrased whatever it is that we're talking about. And Nietzsche will give me. You know, his stock keeps going up and up. I know Robert. He was in the tank for you to begin well, with. Well, I'm but... still probably not going to come out as a huge fan. Yeah. But like I said, I'm willing to reconsider. Uh... <laughs> so... <laughs> So Francis is waving his hand in front of his, his face. The dog just left, and apparently he let loose a stinker before he went. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything, guys, but yeah. Well, if you hadn't done this with your hand, it wouldn't have cracked me up. But I'm sorry. My eyes are watering, <laughs> and I'm not sure your wall... If you had wallpaper, it would be peeling. Oh, my um, goodness. Uh, I want to re-examine what you've been feeding that dude, man. It's dry food, although he did have some, some bones from Mark Feed's store last night. That Whatever it is, yes, yeah, it uh, it produced a particularly noxious result. Yes. Well, he but doesn't anyway. get those very often, and there are no more of them left. So. Well, I said, well in fairness, guys, we do a lot of talking, and rarely do we talk farts. So <laughs> we're entitled occasionally to do and, that. You know, given our background, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's <laughs> too. That's great. Yes, I, don't, I don't know that it's ever come up, actually. Consider our senses of humor. Well, yeah, that's a better way to well, put it. Yeah, well, you know, fart jokes are always funny, folks. They always are. They always have been. Uh, they always will be. As long as you're not the butt of the joke. Well, the, uh, <laughs> oh, he's on fire. He's hot. Oh, yes, he's just killing you. Kicking it down. Uh, we knock him up. We set him up. He knocks him down. Nietzsche. Yes. <laughs> Try Fred. to get back. Freddy. Freddy. Um, so this one is, again, it's one of those things where philosophy is great. But it's always keep in the back of your mind that these guys could be totally full of shit. Absolutely, because there's yeah. a, there's there may be something they're trying to do that you're seeking an explanation of this world, but their answer may be this world's horrible and there's another world out there, and it's a weapon by which I can denigrate your experience. Well, there may not be another world necessarily, I and mean, Christopher Hitchens would fall into that one. He says well, that's there's a not. Di- yeah, you know, that's same dance, different tune. But you know what? That's the difference between modern philosophers yeah. and philosophers from the Enlightenment, or really even prior to that, yeah. through the end of the 19th century. One was a quest for whatever version of utopia that okay. they were after. Right. Now, philosophy seems all about tearing down everything, not providing different alternatives. So it's we've descended into nihilism? I think, I think postmodern philosophy is, is a lot of that. that. Yeah, okay. Because when you think about it, it's a very neo-Marxist, there's a very large neo-Marxist bent to it. Right. Uh, but it's not all about Marxism. Right. 
Uh, and I think a lot of that is just tearing things down without providing an alternative. Yeah, well, it's easier to destroy than to create. We know that. Y- Spock yes. told us that. Uh, so in, in many ways, I think what you were talking about with Hitchens, that, that's just, I think, a, a great illustration of the difference between pre-modern yeah. philosophy uh-huh. and modern and postmodern philosophy. Interesting. Yet at the same time... They still like to calumniate. Yeah, you're, 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 know, you're just down. loving that word, aren't you? I you're going to say this off this world, but we're humans. We built this world, and we can build it any which way we want. And so it's like, yeah, but that's just an indictment of of ourselves. I don't get it. It's it's what's kind of like they said it's like, in the movie. Why don't we talk about something positive here? That humans do good things. Are, so you're talking about, you know, uh, Thumper and Bambi, if you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. In a way, that's that's that kind of folk wisdom escapes the philosopher. Yeah. You know, why do you have to tear it down? Because it because there's a presumption here that that's the intention. And that's kind of the sole intention or the main intention. And then that's what Nietzsche's saying is you're making up a fanciful world to tear down this world, but why tear down this world? You're 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 attacking ourselves. That this world wasn't made by aliens; it's made by us. Well, I think those who went before us maybe is what they're trying to tear down. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which I mean, gets into that. that. I'd say certainly by the time you get to Nietzsche, you are well on your way to the modern mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, aspects. Um, part of the, you know maybe 18th century and before you're you're more of the. Hey, you know, this is the utopia we're, we're searching for. Maybe the 19th century is that that turn into the modern, nihilistic, well, angsty, everything is crap, let's destroy it all kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so, I understand what you're saying, but I think when you're looking at, again, different kinds of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when you're think, thinking about what Nietzsche's talking about, I think you're looking at... Um, Probably, especially given where he's from, you're probably looking at you know Marx and Hegel. You're yeah, probably talking right. guys like him, right? Then, and they're talking about a culture, cultural philosophy, which is not entirely different from guys who went before. Because you know, yeah. when you think about um, uh, those who who you know we're talking about Hobbes, Mills. Uh, Voltaire, mm-hmm. uh, that's a more broad societal. You know, they, although Voltaire is very, very much about individual liberty, but still in the context of the greater whole, for right. the good of the whole. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start talking about how things could be better, I think inherently you're going to come up with the well. If this is better, that automatically means something is bad about now. Or at least worse. You're exactly right about that because there was a sea change, and Hobbes is a great example because he's basically taking. There's lots of political uh, systems that we can choose, but this one, the Leviathan, the Enlightened Despot, is the good one, and here's why. Whereas guys like Post Nietzsche or Hitchens or whatever, it's about nothing's good, everything's bad. And I think that's the difference here in many ways what you're talking about. It's what Nietzsche's talking about, I think. Right, and, and again, my attraction to that quote then is the way of understanding don't go too far with anybody. You know, there's two sides. Uh, Often there's more than two. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things like uh, 
Val Kilmer and Tombstone as Doc Holliday. That's what I love about you, White. You talk yourself into anything. Well, that's, a lot of folks got that feeling, <laughs> I can tell you. So that, it, it means, uh, okay, don't buy into anything too far. They're, they're just using that as a weapon to tear down the now and build something in their image. That, in their image, it could be garbage. Yeah. Well, so. that's, that's, you get Manson. We talked about it in the last yeah. episode. That's exactly what he's doing. Is is tearing down everything so he can place, in his case, himself as the preeminent. So very Hobbesian. Yeah, very much so. Because yeah. he would be the enlightened despot. There. Correct. That's right. Well, all cult leaders. All cult leaders essentially are. Yeah. You know, David Koresh. You know, whoever you want, whoever you want to put in that place. Uh, Jim Jones. They're all that. Uh, even some of the uh, even some of the more recent one, the Nexium cult and things like that, which uh, uh, I've been watching some of the. Uh, uh, documentaries on that. What was the What was the one? It was Southern California, Arizona, and they were waiting for the spaceship to come back. That was Heaven's Gate. Heaven's, Heaven's Gate. Gate. That's yeah, correct. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, <sighs> is in the tail, hidden by the tail of the comet. Yes, that's, that's what right. it was. Yeah. Uh, was it yeah. Haley's comet? Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, no, yeah. Hale Bop. Hale Bop. That's, that's it. right. Hale Bop comet. Hale Bop. Yeah. And and there. God, we know so much useless information. That's just one example of. People that will believe anything, and I still don't understand that. I really don't. Well, I, I get the fact that their leaders figure this out and and play upon it. That's a predatory instinct. I get that. I don't get how they are so weak-minded to use again. Def- I go. I keep going back to what I said in the last episode, and I don't mean to, to pummel the expired equine too much about this, but pummel it, brother. Pummel it. The affluent society sows the seeds of its own destruction. Because you have too much time to think about stupid stuff. Why you're unhappy. About why you're unhappy. And you're not really unhappy, but in many ways we are hardwired to to be unhappy in the sense that we're always looking for something to overcome. Okay? That's part and parcel, I think, of being human. Yeah. Because we're we're looking for something to overcome. It keeps us alive. But if you are so... Right. It's a... a, At a a gut level, it's an instinctual thing that keeps you safe from the predators. Right, yeah. Because everybody's prey to something. Now, granted, sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's each other. But if you are so affluent that you have conquered all the things that can eat you, yeah, uh, and that you don't have to worry so much about where your next meal is coming from, what do you do? You turn in on yourself. And have to find something to 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 be wary of. Yes, to to heighten your senses about. Yes, and I think that fuels modern. Or really, at any time, but I think that fuels the current climate of everything being so wrong and trying to throw everything out. Yeah. Even though not recognizing, as you've said, Martin, that everything is a progression. There's, a, you know, history is a thread. Even progress is a thread. Because yeah. again, progress implies you're on a journey. Yeah. Yes. And you're going from point A to point B. Well, they keep forgetting. Well, we don't stop at point B. Then we're going to go on to point it's, C. It's infinitely linear. Linear. Yeah. And journeys worth taking aren't short. Exactly. I'll give you the I'll give you an awesome quote that fills this completely, and you all will just love it and bow down to me. James T. Kirk, guys, we were not. Meant is this your quote or is this? No, this is not. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not hijacking here. I'm just. I'm contributing. Just want to make sure. Right? No, no, I could, but I'm not going to. Uh, James T. Kirk, we must. We were not meant to stroll to the sound of the lute. We were meant to march to the sound of drums. It's exactly what you're talking about. We have to have something to overcome, otherwise right. we stagnate. Right. And we see that throughout history, 
in mostly negative ways because we you know we, we remember we the stagnation march yeah. of war drums yeah. as opposed to just something to overcome right you know if you want to stick with the next generation with Star Trek we look at the next generation and now the goal is to make ourselves better it's well, improve yourself enrich yourself that's a that, first of all that is such a load of BS that I, we we could spend years talking about that yes, and sir. we have talked about that many times yes. Um, but it points to a, 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 something that is really true. We do need to have something to overcome, to struggle against, because it's that's natural. Right. Every living thing struggles. Uh, you know, I told you guys we're reading a lot of philosophy, uh, a lot of Jordan Peterson, listening to his stuff. His thing is life is suffering. Now, from a Christian and a Catholic perspective, we would interpret suffering a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um but I, you know, because I think of suffering, I think of, you know, real big suffering, like Christ on the cross suffering, not just, but he means suffering as in everything is a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In one way or another. Right. Life is not fair. Right. Because you have to work for everything. That's right. And that's, I think, what he means. So. And when you get to the point where you resent that by your nature, you've devolved into something that we're not meant to be. Right. So, you know, when you get to be, again, when culture gets to be so affluent that all you can do is turn in on yourself, that's how you end up with what Nietzsche's talking about, yeah. I think. Yeah. Cool. Very good, guys. I like it. I like it. Francis, give let's, us, let's give turn us it over something. to you, man. <laughs> give us something and we can go for hours if we need to. That's why I love these Code of Honor episodes. Mine's a little different, uh, but it's one of our favorite uh, individuals in history, Marcus Aurelius. You know, we all love him. <laughs> yeah. uh, As a, the real Marcus Aurelius as opposed to our friend Marcus Aurelius. That's correct. Yes, sir. The historical Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius himself, uh, played by Richard Harrison, Gladiator, because, you know, that's one of our favorite movies. We're going to have to say that. But as you know, he wrote, you know, one of the amazing uh, historical texts on all sorts of things. Yes. Great uh, philosopher in his own right. Very much so. The philosopher, the concept of philosopher king, it's kind of referring to him. Uh, and anyway, but I'm not. We're not getting into a bio of him. We might do an episode on him. He's he would be. A, he would be a good yeah, historical. He, figure. He'd be a good historical figure to play with. Uh, but you know, he he wrote down so much, uh, and a lot of that, and it's all survived. And so there's enormous, beautiful quotations of him. This one here, and I'm jumping back to something that we've talked about race recently, Robert. That you've really hit on, but we all have. Uh, and it really, it's so perfect for what we're going to set. I'm just going to lay it out here. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this, and you will find strength. Hmm. Very like it. It's basically what you've said. You know, you have 100% control over your reaction to anything. Yes. And you've said that many times, and it's exactly it. You have power over your mind, not outside events. And that's and that is a deliberate dichotomy there. Right. You know, it's a it's a binary. And I will. Clarify that just a little bit. The way I've meant, and I presume you mean the same way, mm-hmm. is what you think, uh-huh. not necessarily what you feel. Because feelings correct. come unbidden often. That is correct. That is that's yeah. But what you do about those feelings, your reaction, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm. That's yes. what I'm reading into him when he says power over your own mind. That's presuming your reaction in some in some yes. fashion. Yeah, yes, uh, what you think about things and because what you do about your reaction things. is one hundred percent. You decide. Yes, it starts do. up here at the head. It starts at the decision process, and that's why I love that the imagery he's using. You have power over your own mind, but not outside events. And see, that's we—that's where the weak-minded again think that you should have power over outside events. And in many respects, it's a—it's a search for attempting to control an environment that is inherently uncontrollable. Life is hard, as we've just said. 
you can't not, it can't not be, no matter how privileged you might be or lucky you might be, ultimately there, it is a struggle. And we've discovered too, and as a writer, you all know this, if you don't have any conflict or struggle, the story's not worth writing. True, true. No. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. So ultimately, it's the struggle. But how we deal with it, uh, it where you will find strength, because like we were talking about with those the people that follow cult leaders, they don't seem to have any of that. They have no power. They have complete power over their mind, but they don't think they do. They willingly they, they abdicate. They abdicate, they abdicate it. It. exactly. Yeah. They willingly abdicate that to someone else, and I still don't understand that. I, I still I'm yeah, trying hard to understand why we would do that. All of your critical thinking skills. Why would you want to? That's what again, I don't understand. I again, not to pummel the expired equine, but when you're busy trying to put food on the table. You don't worry about that stuff. You don't worry about that stuff. That's right. Because, and again, it's, when you don't know what the, what you have to contend against, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're really at a loss, all right? That, you know, I, I think that, that when you're at a loss like that, that's when you become vulnerable. Well, you know, you raise a good point because the predators, like the David Koresh's or all these other people, Jim Jones, whatever... They deliberately seek out those weak-minded people, but they don't seek out the weak-minded poor people. It's the weak-minded people that have something they can take. Right. Uh, right. Because and not only do they have something they can take, but they also don't know what to do with it. Well, that's right. You exactly. <clears throat> You've heard the old saying, you know, that person's got way too much, way more money than sense. Yes. That's exactly what those predators like. Or as a lawyer will tell you, you know, you don't sue poor people. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. That's kind of what kind we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's. I, I think that that by not having something to contend with, it opens us up to not just the evils of the world, but the evils we can do to ourselves. Which is probably worse because evils of the world can can be random. They can. Whereas evils from ourselves rarely are. Well, they can be random too, but they are they're more deliberate. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that um, we do them to ourselves or we allow them to be done to us. Because I think a lot of the evils that come from that yeah. are what we allow to happen. Well, the cult is the perfect is the, example. The cult is the perfect example. When we are at a loss for what to contend against, and we we are rudderless, for lack of a better oh, term. Yeah, rudderless. Yeah, I um, like that. Oh, I think yeah. that, that it's easy for somebody to come along and say, follow me. And once you start following somebody, and again, this is for the wrong reason, because there's for no reason, right? right? Uh-huh. You're following because you don't know what else to do as opposed to, I'm following because I believe in something. That's right. This this touched me. This transformed me. Right. Which there's whereas, an underlying reason for that. Yes. That's beyond whereas the in person. a cult or when these other things, you know, these other kind of things we're talking about, whether it be, you know, what happens after Woodstock to whatever... You assign meaning after the fact, right? In a way to justify having abdicated your personal power. Ooh, that's very, very good. He's good. There's a reason he's, he's the good. hammer, you know. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. But that's yeah, he's good. that's right. He's good. That's a good spot to pause for a moment. 
Oh, yes. yeah, yes, it's right. time for bourbon break, even though it's early in the day and we've decided not to be day drinkers. That's right, because um, it's not a work day. It's not a work day. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah, we, we find it, yeah, we, but must, we must clarify that. That's right. Yeah, so we don't have any bourbon in hand, but we still have a bourbon story. Yes, this is a, oh. this is a fantastic story. Okay, I'm glad you guys liked this because it's it's so, uh, it, it's mine. It's uh, as you know, whenever we go to each other's homes, when we record, we do it at you know one of our three studios at wherever we each live, and we all have our own stash of bourbon that we have there. Well, in 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 the new Baxter building where I'm at, I have my bourbon upstairs in our studio, and but downstairs there's the you know the main dining room. Y'all have seen it. It yeah. has a selection of other drinks. That's kind of the public version. And there's a beautiful, wonderful bottle down there of, my, of Mrs. Francis's favorite bourbon, Angel's Envy. Which is an excellent bourbon. Which is an excellent mm-hmm. bourbon. Well, I didn't tell you guys this part when I told the story to you all during the show prep. We actually, one of our first episodes, we, we drank a bottle of Angel's Envy. I brought it. Well, it was hers. <laughs> and we polished it off. So she has been kind of like that old spider just watching ever since then when she bought another bottle. She's saying... You all don't get to use this one. This is not going to be touched by you all. You can't use it for the show. It is mine and for my guests. She has laid claim. She to has it. laid claim to it, and Keep I can tell your you, stinking paws off my bottle of Angel's Envy, you damn dirty otterites. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. Yes, she has claimed. She has claimed this, uh, and I have noticed in recent days downstairs that the bottle is almost empty. She doesn't drink much, and I haven't touched it. So I have discovered that it's either blame my son and his friends, which I'm loath to do, or the better solution is blame her three brothers when they were over. And I, that's what that's. The I story. think that's where we're going to land. Yeah, I think we go with the brothers in law. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she knows. That's that, right. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. Well, uh, I bought Mrs. a cheap Francis. bottle of bourbon and poured it into a nice crystal decanter, so they think it's the nice stuff, and that's kind of like the bait. For them when they come so that's over. What, that's the early times. Uh, well, actually, it's old granddad, but yes, same, same type thing. Same, yeah. Yeah. It's on the same shelf. That's right. <laughs> that's that's supposed to be you know the lost leader. That's what they're supposed to drink up on, guys. And if you put your angels' envies out where they can get at it, sweetheart. They will drink it. Then, you know, it, it ain't my fault because I'm right. not going to do no. that. So. Well, it is for her and her guests. So that, it her, is. It's her, correct. Her but brothers would count as her guests. Well, yeah, but she, she trust me, she knows. She knows. She's yeah. already there. She recognizes it's always put out the other bourbon, not the good stuff. We've been known to hide it up in our closets before if we had a really nice bottle. I mean, when I had the Basil Hayden around first open, uh, she makes get that upstairs. You won't have any of it left. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Basil Hayden is, is, is an excellent bourbon and a little bit pricey. Not high, high it's price, great. but it's, it's because more. Because yeah. her brothers can sniff the dangone thing out like it's a... Uh, like it's a fox. And we're not saying your brothers-in-law are, are alcoholics or no, anything like that. No, we're not. But they are experienced drinkers. Very well phrased, sir. I, I, I honor you with that, that, that's, that way of phrasing it. That's correct. Veterans at the, uh, yes. the glass and ice. And, indeed. indeed. And, and the uh, uh, distilled spirits. Very much so, yes. Yes. All right, so that's cool, bourbon break. And uh, anything else, guys, before we, we plow ahead? Yeah, uh, just a reminder that, uh, you know, you can, uh, Otterites, you can find us at uh, www.snakesandotters.com. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're on all the major platforms and, you know, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. And you name it, we're there. Podbean, yeah. Stitcher, and Spotify, and blah, 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 all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, Twitter, we're at Snakes and Otters Podcast. Podcast. 
That's right. And uh, Instagram. Instagram, Snakes and Otters or Snakes and Otters Podcast. Snakes and Otters. Snakes and Otters. Yep. We were a little inconsistent with our naming, but search for Snakes and Otters and you'll find us. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. There's not going to be a whole lot of those out there. Well, that's why we chose the name. It's yes. been very, very successful in that aspect. So, yes. Uh, and you know, send us an email. Robert at snakesandotters.com, Martin at snakesandotters.com, and Francis at snakesandotters.com. Yeah, a new, con- new content every week on the website. All right. Martin is excellent at posting something on Martin Monday. I actually got a Wabbit Wednesday in this, this week that we are recording. Very impressed, yes. Uh, which is the first time in, in many months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Francis has been a little bit short with his Francis Fridays, but it's been a busy couple of weeks. It has. It has. Well, I mean, I only missed, I think, one. Uh, two. No, two. 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 That's two. right. Two. Yes, I didn't do one yesterday. Yesterday and, uh, and and uh, and before on Good Friday I didn't do one, but as yeah, a general, Good Friday is a little hard to do for us. It is, but as a general rule, I try to get something out there, and I've got a I've got a file of list of stuff, so it's not going to have to come up with something you know out of you know out of the blue. Yeah. Right, it's often off the cuff, but hey, it's it's content. It relates to the episodes, and it helps expand the media empire that That's is right. snakes and otters. That's right. That's right. One podcast to rule them all. <laughs> Oh, I'll token of you, sir. This we love that. Okay, we got we got uh, this Chinese menu pop culture references here. We have a, uh, a little right. column A of Monty Python, a little column B of uh, snakes and otters and Lord of the Rings and everything. We can, we'll, we can we'll do track, it all. Yeah, we Full can do it service all. podcast. That's we are, right. gentlemen. Yes. All right, so I guess it's up to uh, Hammer Time, Robertus Malleus, right. to, uh, do, do, to take do, us home. Do, 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 do. So I don't have my puffy pants on, but go for it. All That's right. right. So um, this one uh, kind of I, I call this fortuitous because you know I have my list of quotes that I like to, to go right. through and, um, and kind of by accident it was on this particular spot and we started talking about uh, both of your quotes. So before we do mine, so you guys repeat your quotes. So we kind of make sure everybody's on the same page here. Okay. okay. So let me let me get the text of mine going again. Here. So this is Nietzsche. This is Nietzsche. This is. Philosophers have never hesitated to affirm a fanciful world, provided it contradicted this world, and furnished them with a weapon wherewith they could calumniate this world. We're still right. struggling with the calumniate, but we're getting there. Yes. I got it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, you, right. did, you did fine. You did good. Which um, essentially stop tearing things down and build something up instead. Yes. What was your point about yes, it? Yes, right? and goes right back to... Um, one of my first ones. Uh, it's one thing to burn down the shit house. It's another to install plumbing. Exactly. Well, you see, it's both sides of that. Coin. Oh my God, that is the best layman's explanation <laughs> of that quote that you can well, that's think of. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's fantastic. Oh, way to go, brother. That's way right. to go. That's right. uh, mine was from Marcus Aurelius. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this, and you will find strength. Right. Right. So basically, how you respond to things, how you you act, yeah. uh, is up to you. That's right. Uh, as it, opposed to and it, gives you strength, right? Inner it, inner strength. Yeah, that's where your power, your your real power comes from. Is how fact, you choose to act, right? And in many respects, and this is me reading into it, that's your only power. Yes, yes, yes that's really absolutely. all you can do. Absolutely, but you can do that, and in yes. fact, you must. The core so, of human will. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. All right, so uh, this quote is from a man named uh, Joshua Marine, and uh, essentially I think it's exactly what we've been talking about. Challenges are what makes life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, absolutely. So I like this because uh, essentially, uh, and really I was going there even before I realized that this was the quote that was on the page when I was talking about we need something to contend against. Right. Something to struggle 
uh, for because so much of life, and I don't mean human life, I mean life right. is about that. Everything is a struggle for resource. You know, even the grass has to struggle to uh, for you know its nutrients. Is there enough water? Has uh, you know have enough animals crapped all over the grass to provide the the nutrients for it to grow, right. uh, as opposed to pissing all over it and, and killing it. Uh, whether it be vegetation or it be animals, you know, are there enough rabbits for the wolves to to chase down? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's every time for everything there is a a struggle. Now, humanity has managed to uh, systematically provide for the struggle. And so, for the most part, now this is not true for everybody, obviously, certainly in this country, but most especially in what we would, what we used to call third world countries, I guess now the proper term is developing countries. Yeah. Uh, where the struggle to provide on a daily basis is still ongoing, uh, whether it be here or, or there. But those challenges, to me... For us, the challenge is an intellectual challenge. Right. Precisely right. because those physical challenges have largely been taken care of for us. Uh, we, we don't struggle in those areas for the oh. most part. Yeah. We've all been between jobs. Although, Martin, I think you have been constantly employed since college. Um, no, there yes. was. Actually, um, I thought there was a brief period there. Well, uh, there was a period when I was about to be out. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm I did manage to get my current job in the midst of that. Right, but you were expecting something that you were able to... I have been continuously employed without a break since May of 1984. I am... That is very... I consider myself very fortunate, yeah. I am awestruck. That's right, because that just doesn't happen much. And really, you're talking about... Now, college jobs aside, that was po'boys, right? Yes, po' folks coming out of... Po' folks, yeah. Po' folks coming out of high school. Right, and Uh, then... Uh, Mercer, uh, Kmart in between. Oh, Kmart in between. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and there was one week where I worked at both Po Folks and Kmart, so I had overlap. Oh wow! And then, but I, I worked at Po Folks for I think two and a half years, and uh, Kmart for close to two. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, did That's I got an internship with uh, with an insurance company, and that turned into a full time job. And then I left that and got a job uh, that would eventually go away, and then I was very fortunate that in the middle of that going away, while I was still employed, I, I got my current position. That's, yeah, I'm remembering right. the So there has been no time where you have been eligible for unemployment, basically, nope. as an adult. Nope. Which is uh, truly is astounding. It really is. It's very... Because yeah. Francis and I have had many periods. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, That has been the case. Very much so, yeah. And, you know, it really does make you appreciate um, having... The, the physical struggles being taken mm-hmm. care of. Because when you are not sure where your next meal is coming from, that's way more important than whether or not Nietzsche was an asshole. Very right. much so. Yes, you're exactly right. And, but you know, you said something at, at just a moment ago about the fact that we've solved so many of these uh, life or death issues. That's not how you phrased it, but that's kind of how I've taken it. Is that, wasn't that inevitable? No, I don't think it was inevitable. That we try, not that we. No, oh, yeah, not that, we, not that we succeed. But of course, we're going to do that. In fact, we can't not try. Well, that's the to whole. Fix that. That's the matter of fact. The challenges I was talking about, as far yeah. as the the natural world, all of them are life or death struggles. Correct, and yeah. yet so many of them, because of the time and where we live, 
Many of those have been overcome, at least potentially overcome. They are overcome on a personal level, right? In the sense that, for the vast majority, even those who are among the poorest, uh, you know, tent people living downtown aside, and those that are even just a few steps above that, uh, for the most part, don't worry about those sorts of things. Uh, as a society, we've gotten really good at providing. Mm-hmm. Even though we are not perfect at it, I still say we are moving in the right direction. Yeah. As a general rule, as indoor, a general plum- rule. Indoor, indoor plumbing is everywhere. As yes. a general rule. Yes. I, you know, the poor generally have air conditioning, mm-hmm. uh, which 30 years ago would not have been the case. Right. Running water. Uh, running water. You know, hot and cold running water. That's right. Yeah. Uh, which 100 years ago would not have been the case. That's right. You know, yeah. I mean, so I mean, we, we've made a lot of progress. And those challenges have changed, uh, at yes. least for us. <clears throat> some people the challenge is just getting through the day and I get that I get where the challenge is more of a more personal nature of mm-hmm. a more immediate nature uh, sometimes our challenges are physical sometimes they are mental in the sense that they're entirely how we have to either think about something or feel about how we think or feel about something and how we deal with that mm-hmm. whether it's valid or not mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you know those of us that have challenges because we, have, we are mentally ill. I was going to say, yeah. You know, and and uh, I, I recognize that is a valid challenge well, I think to deal with. I think that you're very... I don't want to skip over that too much because we've always had that. But because all these other physical things were out there, we were never able to realize that's what we, so many were facing. It's only right. now mm-hmm. we've realized, oh my gosh, those people were always mentally ill. Uh, in some degree, and it's a very broad way of looking at that. Right. And some are functionally so, and some are not. I think you might make the argument, and I'm not saying this is absolutely true in every case, that we have <coughs> perhaps too broadly defined mentally ill in some ways. That's correct. And not broadly enough in other ways. Right, because it's still <clears throat> amorphous in many ways. I mean, you've right. got to have a, you got to have a medical well, diagnosis. Well, it's just it's not, not really. like having cancer. Right. You can't point to the, the mental, mental illness virus... Or the mental illness cells and say this is your problem. Right. So I mean that's so that makes it a little bit that harder right. to it's, define, it's and the definitions it. will probably change. So overcoming those are just as valid as mm-hmm. the life or death. Uh, just we as our affluence again to go back to that changes the challenges that we have to overcome change as well. Mm-hmm. Not recognizing that is an issue for a lot of us. But overcoming them always is what gives life meaning, in my opinion. Uh, now, sometimes when you say that, it's easy to think grandiose. Mm-hmm. All right. Sometimes that's too big because a lot of people, like I said, their challenge is literally to get through the day because their amount of suffering or their amount of struggle and their challenge is so great for their own resources that that's all that matters. So I, I recognize that the challenges sometimes to me might be really small, but to that person might be earth shattering. There's a relativistic kind. Yeah, you know, the challenges are always this. relative. Yes, um, and I think where what Nietzsche was talking about is kind of that same thing. Mm-hmm. They were choosing <clears throat> the philosophers who were calumniating, calumniating. Uh, Just keep saying it, brother. Just keep saying it are perhaps tilting at the wrong windmills, is what he's saying. And and maybe that's part of the problem with that affluence issue, Mm -hmm. is that you choose the wrong challenges to contend with. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I, uh, yes, I certainly agree. And so when you do that, overcoming them does not provide meaning. Right? Huh? And Paul, part of mm-hmm. you know, choosing that what you are going to tilt against, mm-hmm. contend with, is part of what you're talking about, uh, Francis, with Marcus Aurelius's quote. Because you control what goes on in your own head, not necessarily what goes on around you. Right. I mean, to some degree, you do have some control over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I control whether or not I'm going to take this table and you know, flip it over. Uh, I, can, can, I can control certain things in my immediate area of effect, so to speak. But I can't control what goes on uh, down the road or nationally or whatever. Uh, but I can always control what I think about them, what I do about them. And often the meaning is there in what meaning you give it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, meaning, because meaning is always relative. Mm-hmm. Just like the challenge is relative, the meaning is also relative. Yeah, I mean, because a mentally ill person can have their own way of looking at something that can be completely false because of their illness. Objectively false. Objectively false, yes. But relatively true to them because right. of their illness. Correct, yeah. Because I, I recognize, because this is a great... This is the way a philosopher, a, true, a professional philosopher, I think would be proud of this. Something could be objectively right or objectively wrong, but still relatively wrong or relatively right, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, that, that, that's the whole philosophy. Well, that's, that's back on Nietzsche again with the perspective, uh, you know, what is true is, a, is not a function of, or what's real is not a function of truth, but a function of power. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the tripartite qualification for sin is pretty easy to show that. It can't, it's got to be objectively wrong. It's got to also be understood properly. And that full, it is wrong. That it you is wrong. You have to know it's wrong. That's right. And you still give full consent of the will. I mean, all the three of those things are necessary. For to, a mortal sin. For mortal sin. That's right. Yes. And because we have to differentiate. Because not everybody believes in the difference between mortal sin and, and venial sin. Correct. Uh, but it, when you think about that, people mortally sin a lot less than they think they do. Because it's Probably. difficult for all three of those conditions to be met. Yeah, and that's, and that's why... I we, mean, short of the really big stuff. Yeah. You know, murder is pretty obvious. Although, not everybody thinks murder is wrong. Because they think it might be justified. Well, you, you know. know. Either because you've been insulted, my honor has been besmirched, mm-hmm. or you didn't give me the respect I think I am due. Uh, they didn't or, respect your authority? They did not respect my authority. Um, but, again, I like to think about I really like this quote just because of I like the struggle. You know, you guys know I like goals. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. like the the personal development stuff. And to me, that is a very systemic way of managing your challenges and overcoming them. Right? Uh, to me, that whole you know personal development industry is a way of uh, taking that on. And again, that also is, in my opinion, a good outcome of the affluence, where we have taken care of all of the... Nobody's worried about getting eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Therefore, we can do this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you realize, guys, and I just this just struck me, this is Voltaire. If This is Candide. Because Candide goes through life with all these million things happening to him, and he's constantly saying, we are living in the best of all possible worlds. That's the catchphrase of the whole thing, which is meant to be sarcasm on Voltaire's part, saying there ain't no such thing. Right. That's And that's exactly kind of what we're talking about here is so many people think that because we've solved all these problems, we should be living in this utopian paradise. And yet, by definition, if there even was such a thing possible, it would, by, it would not be. 
Well, because there's no I don't struggle. Know there's so many. I don't think so many people think that anymore, though. Well, I mean, Candide did. It was well, an yeah, attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an attempt to yeah. say, and it's, he's kind of like the Forrest Gump of his day that everything is okay. Right. He sees all this stuff happening, but he doesn't get all this all worked up about it uh, to his own detriment. I mean, he kind of bumbles through everything, and so many people today still do that very thing. That they're thinking, well, you know, why should I? If, if we're so affluent, well, what? Why should I bother to struggle with anything because it's all been done? Right, and in many ways, that's validly part of the problem of those who are, mm-hmm. you know, who complain about privilege. Yep. Uh, what are you doing with your privilege? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Voltaire. That's exactly who he was trying to skewer. Right. Is the is the affluent and the privileged of his time that you know for 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 them everything is so great. Well, you know we've conquered the world. Why do we need to do anything at this point except enjoy it? Right. And Voltaire's trying to say no. You have a duty, and life's not worth living in many respects unless you're doing something good. Right. And that's that's unless what you're he doing was something challenging. Well, well, yeah, with a good outcome. Well, a good reason. Yeah. Uh, Motivation, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated. But yes, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about here. You've got to be able to do better than yeah. just... Living a hedonistic, selfish existence is ultimately unfulfilling. And just ultimately, beca- yes. yes. And just because everything seems to have been solved does not exactly... There is no such thing. It's an illusion. And shame on you if you're living that illusion. Right. Because you're choosing to if you are. And I think that's where the philosophers that... Martin's quote talks about mm-hmm. where they all they want to do is destroy things uh, comes around, and that's where I think where we see whether it be in our last episode the the, the countercultural generation wanting to uh, basically tear down everything that the parents yeah, have built, blow up to everything the parents, or have built. those who are today who want to tear down everything and change even the meaning of words are looking at you know it's it's kind of the symptoms of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, you know, you're, you're seeing, I don't know, I, I guess I just keep going back to, you know, when when your challenges and your what you're contending against uh, are not both good mm-hmm. and meaningful. Right. And not just both, but say for all three reasons, good, meaningful, and for the right reason, mm-hmm. then you have, that's when we run into problems. Right. Because I think so many of the challenges we choose to take on don't meet one or more of those things. Yeah. That's very well put. Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. I, I think we're, we're, we'll end there. This is a terrific meditation on the nature of what it means to be human, what it means to live a life. Well, yeah, we, we, we go to that a lot because you know, in many respects, it's the only subject worth pursuing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what it means to live a life. Yeah. Uh, so, well, guys... I think we'll finish up. And Francis, what's next, man? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, heroes. We're going to talk about people that you should know. Uh, I pushed for this one. Martin originally didn't want to do him, but I'm glad he got him around. We're going to do an author. I'm surprised we don't do more authors, to be honest. I'm thinking about this. We don't do that many of them. But this is a guy we've all read and all enjoyed. He is like the guru of military history, folks. John Keegan, the late John Keegan. Uh, He's written many books. We've read many of them. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about why he's good, why he was revolutionary, and the wisdom that he brought for this very important, interesting subject. So be with us. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. 
Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.